Sawbones is a show about medical history, and nothing the hosts say should be taken as medical advice or opinion. It's for fun. Can't you just have fun for an hour and not try to diagnose your mystery boil? We think you've earned it. Just sit back, relax, and enjoy a moment of distraction from that weird growth. You're worth it. Everybody and welcome to Sawbones, a marital tour of misguided medicine. I am your co-host Justin McElroy, and I'm Sydney McElroy. And Sydney, I am so excited. Me too. I'm on. I'm on tenterhooks. I'm on eggshells. These are bad ones. What's a good cloud nine? Yeah, Better. I was gonna say eggshell. That's not a good. That's good. That's <laughs> I'm not on eggshell. Today we are um, joined by, I guess, kind of like an alternate universe reality. If there's a multiverse of our life experience. <laughs> Uh, we are joined by Will and Kristen Flanner. You may know them better as uh, the Glockenfleckens. Am I saying that correctly? You are. Glockenf- Glockenf- that, that was great. Yeah, uh, nice you know, a lot of people trip over it. I, I get a lot of like Glockenflocken, Glockenspiel. Glockenspiel. I said it a hundred times in the mirror, so <laughs> that it was worth every we second. Did, we did practice. We did yeah, practice to each other. That's good. Saying it in different Outside different of styles. ophthalmology, it's, a, it's an unknown term, but it's an actual <laughs> medical term. I don't know. Uh, I, I'm sure a lot of our uh, listeners are familiar uh, with your all's work, especially mm-hmm. because we, they email us about it regularly mm-hmm. to say, did you all know that there's this other parallel universe re- version of you guys? Uh, <laughs> tell me about your, yeah, give me the, the the spiel, your pitch, your your overall yeah. life journey condensed as much as possible. <laughs> yeah, well. Within I mean, reason. <laughs> yeah, how far we'll back keep, do we go we'll here? Keep it you short. are no. quite, a, quite a, uh, a winding journey. A lot of, uh, yeah, a lot of twists. We don't want to leave anything out. Well, I was a pretty happy baby. Uh, growing <laughs> That's, up. Great. It was, That's great. You know, uh, Kristen was a little bit r- rough bustier, around the edges. Yeah. But, uh, no, you know, we, we met in college uh, and yep. then went on to med school. Um, you know, well, Chris, you did. I went on to med school. Kristen was in grad school at Dartmouth uh, and absolutely hated it. It was like the worst experience of her life. And I enjoyed med school a little bit more um, yeah. than, than you enjoyed grad school. But anyway, we... we didn't start the social media stuff really until until resident I was in residency in Iowa and yep. and uh, by that point we had a couple of kids I was also had Well you are really b- just breezing oh, through I mean, this I, I, it's I, skipping a lot it's a, it's a long it's a long <laughs> yeah. I'm trying to get to the good stuff here um, yeah well maybe maybe you should back heads get to the good yeah. stuff a few things happened a in med school happened. that were rather important. Right, that's true. That's true. So I guess I'll, I'll back up a little bit. We had a we had our first kid uh, in third year of med school. My third year of med fourth school year. was it fourth year. Yeah, one, we one, split one of oh. the years. I don't, I don't know. know. I took Late five years. School. I took an extra year because you know I needed some extra time. But um, uh, we had our first kid, and then uh, not too long after that, I was diagnosed with testicular cancer. So I had mm. um, that going for me in med school. Um, Recovered okay, and you know, I was as far as the comedy stuff. I had started doing that in high school. I was doing like some stand-up comedy, just amateur stuff. I was, I never called myself like a professional stand-up comedian, mm-hmm. even though I did make twenty bucks once. Uh, I was very <laughs> excited about that in med school. I did a, a little uh, opening set at a, a at like a VFW kind of. It's just I don't know. Anyway, mm-hmm. rural Vermont, very exciting place for comedy. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Um, so yeah, I, we, I had the cancer thing. I recovered okay from that. Um, was doing some, some stand-up comedy stuff, not medical related stuff at that point, really. And then we went to Iowa where I, um, went to, Kristen was very excited about that, excited about moving to Iowa, right? Yeah. When he told me that that was one of the programs he was interested in, which it turns out like it's one of the top programs in the country for ophthalmology. But Mm. all I heard was cornfields. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So when he told me about it, she was I skeptical was, to say the least. I was not interested. Sure. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> but, but I, I was, I was thrilled. I was really happy to, to. to it was, it was a great program. 
we went out to Iowa, Iowa City. Shout out Iowa City, Hawkeyes. And um, we had our second kid while we were there. During residency. So if you are keeping track at home, we now have a med school baby and a residency yeah. baby. We're doing everything correctly. Yeah, right, That's right. Tough. Yeah. Life was, yeah. it was busy, but... But we were getting through it, yeah. and Kristen was working at a um, center for gifted education, so doing um, some programming stuff, some marketing stuff. Um, and then uh, during residency, I had uh, cancer a second time. Oh, yeah. gosh. So, that, I have to imagine, too, I, I don't know if you were uh, the kind of med student who had med student syndrome, where like you diagnosed yourself with everything that you learned about, because I definitely the opposite. Did. Everything is fine. <laughs> that well, would, for, be for very... others. Uh. I kept imagining. <laughs> I kept imagining I had things, but I didn't. And so for me, that would have been. I just can't imagine how anxiety-provoking. Oh, yeah. Like, oh, I was right this time. I had twice. this fear twice, and then I was it right was twice. Right. Yeah, I, well, that must I was, have been scary. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I certainly at one point thought I had ALS. You know, and like mm-hmm. all the all these other diseases that you learn that get stuck in your brain. I totally yep. relate to that, but. It was kind of the opposite, though. Like when I felt this lump in my testicle, I tried really hard to convince myself it's it was nothing. Like, oh, I'm just that's just my epididymis. Testicles are lumpy. It's, it's hey. just a, you know something there. <laughs> you know what? Well, let's use the platform here a little bit. What would you? Because I I'll be honest with you, I think that a lot of people with testicles have this this sense, or at least I do. I'll speak for myself, right? I have this sense that if there was a problem going on down there, it is mm-hmm. solely my responsibility. I am the I'm the front lines of testicle care in 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 this house. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Especially since I uh, 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 nobody else has testicles. I'm I'm right. I'm the front lines of testicle nobody care. Nobody has testicles in this house. Yeah, even though our what? dog had testicles, we got <laughs> we got removed. those removed. So did you no testicles fake, here. Did you get the fake ones, the plastic ones that are supposed to for the dogs that are supposed to? <laughs> no. uh, was it no. Shark Tank that had the anyway? Yeah. Um, wow, that's a, that's a product. Okay. <laughs> yeah, they had a zippy mm-hmm. name for it too that I don't. <laughs> recall but like uh what what should i be feeling for if people people with yeah. testicles are worried about it what walk yeah, me through the I, checkup so, real quick so i felt like it was just clearly like my testicle was growing another testicle it, it was mm-hmm. like this it was like my testicle was dividing there was this huge it was as very hard feeling like compared to a normal testicle which is a little spongy a little you know you could you could squeeze it a little bit <laughs> Yeah, sure. But yeah. but this <laughs> but a little this little give to it. That's right. But this this thing that was on the testicle was very hard. And it, it was small though. It was re- it was pretty small because I caught it very early. Yeah. Uh, and uh, I mean, fortunately, I just I guess I just you know spent a lot of time just I was very I was very comfortable with my own testicles and okay, I knew be thorough. Right, you got to mm-hmm. be there. Yeah, I feel like men don't need any extra encouragement to just be feeling their balls. So you know, <laughs> yeah. just while you're down there, <laughs> yeah, have exactly. Pay a little yeah. bit of attention. That's it's, fair. That is something you've brought to my attention before. Uh, just a, 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 a tendency to just well, just ha- sort of straighten or rearrange. Just or sort just of like, rearrange. Yeah, yeah. 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 They, they, they in the public, way. maybe. While you're there, get a quick check in. Okay, yeah. so the second time, the second, yes. Uh, uh, Cancer so the diagnosis. first time around, I had the I had my testicle removed. It's called an orchiectomy. It's a, a very straightforward, pretty easy surgery to recover from. And and fortunately, you don't you don't really have to have two testicles for the most part. Mm-hmm. Like you, fortunately, you got you got an extra there. So it's just a little bit off balance when he walked. Yeah, but- yeah, just, <laughs> just a, a couple little things. Yeah, exactly. Um, do you, I, well, I'll, I'll ask because everybody's wondering: did did they let you keep it? Oh um no I no okay. they didn't I mean I I didn't ask you're looking uh, at me like I wasn't like you, you weren't wondering mm, I okay was not. <laughs> ignore me we'll strike that no, don't, I'm just sure ignore. some people were wondering because I yes. do not put it past any man who has to have their testicle removed to then put it on their shelf like look mm-hmm. at this look what came out of me. <laughs> yeah look at yeah. <laughs> I mean, when I take when I take cataracts out, people are like, "Can I keep my cataract?" I'm like, "No, it's in a thousand pieces. You can't do that." But um, it's a it's a common question. We get that on the show a lot. People mm -hmm. asking, like, "Are you ever allowed to keep your appendix? Are you ever allowed to keep your gallbladder?" Like, I I think a lot of people do ask Mm -hmm. that. Now, now I got a dirty look from her this weekend during the snow that we were all suffering from. Oh no! Don't. uh, Oh no! Sydney was digging through her drawers, rearranging her drawers, and she just kept finding teeth. 
And then I kept hearing her say, there's got to be more teeth in here. And she's rooting through, (laughs) looking for more teeth. I know exactly what this is. Yep. (laughs) Yeah, I don't, I can't, I don't have a heart to throw them away, but I had to put them somewhere where the children would never discover them. Right. And they just landed in my underwear drawer. (laughs) Because that's where you put all the things you don't want anybody finding. Because they're not going to look in there. They're not going to look in there. So, but they're just loose in there, which does, it does make me look like, I don't know, a serial like, killer or something. Is, this is fewer teeth than I would expect in my underwear yeah. drawer. You know, you, I just <laughs> hope that your teeth and your underwear didn't get mixed up and then it was like that movie, you know? What's the movie? The, the, the movie teeth? where teeth and underwear get mixed up? No, <laughs> no, worse. Where it's a... Uh, it's, uh, oh, the woman has uh, teeth in her vagina? Yes. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's a movie. It's like a real movie. It's uh-huh. like a horror movie. Apparently vagina it was very well reviewed, too. Uh, yeah, tight. <laughs> It was old teeth. I think it's too. called teeth. It was yeah, t- teeth. Yeah. I think Titanic. it's called teeth. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. So be careful for that situation. <laughs> yeah. Right. Watch out. <laughs> well, no. So I don't. So, in the, so I don't have testicles in my underwear drawer. They they Correct. don't. I don't keep them there. Um, sure. They're in a lab somewhere. Both of them, because the second time around, I had also had to have the second testicle mm. removed, which right. was, which was a more harrowing experience because I I wasn't quite sure like what to expect. I had to like. You know, do I bank sperm? Do I, uh, mm. you know, mm. get a prosthetic testicle? I ended up not. I'm just, I'm just going ballless. Um, which, and what I've learned is that testicles generally are kind of overrated in a lot of ways. I'm like sure. Got, yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, they're they're great for having kids, <laughs> right? But <laughs> but you know, but you how got, many times do you want to do that? You know, right, exactly. and all the rest of the time never they're again. just dangling. Never there. again exactly. for the rest of my life. No. <laughs> so. Twice and done. Twice and never. That was us. Twice and never again. But you know, the, the supplemental testosterone. There's like the, a ton of different options now, and so you sure, know, yeah. you can live a well. A so for those life. who aren't medical, I didn't realize because I'm not a doctor. I didn't realize how how many things testosterone does. You only ever hear about mm-hmm. it in like one or two very specific, you know, contexts and. And but it's like very involved in your just overall health, yeah, like also. your mood, your energy level, and like your bones. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it's 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 really important hormone, and it's you know um, easily replaced. Yeah, so. Kristen, can so. you talk a little bit about um, your experience through this when you are with someone who is like a medical professional? Like I know that when I talk to Sydney, I'm always kind of wondering like. Are you toning this down? Are you making this like more comfortable for me to hear? Are you like dumbing it down so I'll get right. it? Like, <laughs> ha- how did you all sort of like bridge that communication? Like, like uh, make that communication work between the two of you? And like, do you think that has been applicable to the work you've done since in science communication? It's a good question. Um, if anything, I feel like it's the other way around. Like I'm asking him questions that he's like, it it doesn't matter. Why are you asking this inane, like very specific, (laughs) detailed, scientific question? Very detail oriented. Yeah. And my, uh, graduate program, I went, I went to grad school for, um, social psychology and cognitive neuroscience. So I had to have quite a bit of biology and, um, took a med school class. And, uh, so, you know, I have just enough to be able to like, just enough to be dangerous, I guess, right? Mm-hmm. Like I can follow mm-hmm. along and understand, but I'm not going to know all the the mm-hmm. ins and outs. Um, but I, but I feel like I kept up pretty well. Like yeah. even in the scan, like I was used to doing fMRIs on people's brains. So even when we went in for the scans to find out whether it was cancer or not, like I could see what I could tell oh, what yeah. I was looking right at on. and all of that. So. I don't know. I think I annoy you with the well, questions and, more than you dumb things down for well, me. Well, and I was learning a lot too because I'm an ophthalmologist. Yeah, sure. Like, yeah. That totally different type of ball. Like that's yeah. that's not the type of ball <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm normally talk, talking about. About so, the same size though. Very similar, yeah. actually. Um, but uh, so so yeah, it was a lot of the stuff was new to me as well. So we were wow. we were learning a lot of it together and like what the surveillance schedule was like and. Um, you know what, what? What can expect after it? It was all, honestly a lot of, especially with the testosterone stuff, like that. Well, that that's a, been the hardest part because yeah. it, mm-hmm. a lot of it's a, a controlled substance, basically, sure, yeah. and so yeah. it, the whole insurance and health and that's a whole can of worms to get into, right? But um, it, you know, it, it's just very frustrating. And well, and it's been like seven years, I think, now of trying to find the right 
dose and the right delivery yeah. method to get him the levels that he needs. And in the meantime, his PMS has been like worse than mine has ever been. So, you know, it's, it's never it's, been uh, more under control than right than at this point. Yeah, we figured it out. Yeah, we <sighs> we are finally making progress. But yeah, it was it was a well, process. Well, what I learned from talking to my urologist, actually talking to a lot of urologists. So going to speak at different conferences, um, I've spoken at a couple of urology conferences and I talked to some people who've been in practice for over 30 years and they said they have never one, like one person had seen one time in their entire career, someone who had two primary testicular cancers, one in each testicle. Wow. It's extremely rare for that to happen. Yeah. Usually it's just one and, and, and that's one it. And one, one and done. One and done. But I, I had two primaries and, and both, which I didn't realize was as rare. And so that, that makes it a lot harder to get the right test testosterone levels mm -hmm. yeah because he just needs way more than most people do yeah yeah sure because, that, because i'm yeah. still have one well plus i'm just i'm trying to get huge i'm trying to lift <laughs> sure, yeah, yeah you can see really he's very i'm bulked i'm yeah you know, I'm, I'm using this to my advantage because when i'm <laughs> gonna be 60 like i'll have like quadruple the testosterone of my peers because yeah. i'm, there I'm, you already, go. On, yeah. I'm yeah. already on the juice i'm already yes. on <laughs> <laughs> They'll come to you that's, for the juice. Do you have any extra? That's juice? right. Tell me, tell me how to deal with the juice. That's really interesting. I understand those struggles. I provide gender affirming care here in West Virginia. There aren't a lot of us who do, and so I understand the insurance struggles. I know the people who do the prior offs for our state Medicaid now. Like when I call, I'm like, "Oh, hey, it's me again. <laughs> Testosterone. <laughs> yep, <laughs> yep right. same old, same old." Yeah. Um, because I have to go through that process every single time, and it is such yeah. a struggle. And it's also an area of medicine where. I feel like we're still evolving our understanding of like dosing and what is the best schedule and the best amount and it's individualized for different patients. Mm -hmm. And so there's still so much we have to learn there and it can be really challenging to find just the right thing for, for that patient. Okay, we're going to take a quick break. We'll go to okay. the billing department. All right, let's do <laughs> it. The medicines, the medicines that escalate macabre for the mouth. We have just started rehearsing for the summer theater. That's right. Summer starts in March around these parts, and that means we don't have much time at all in the evenings to make dinner. But we will not be just consuming Wendy's, uh, although there will be some Wendy's consumed, but we are going to have a little extra help with Factor, which delivers ready-to-eat, delicious meals right to your door, and not like junky stuff you get out of the freezer aisle, whatever. This is real high-quality, chef-crafted stuff that in two minutes you're ready to eat it. I'm talking about some Southwestern-style turkey and mac. I think this week I'm going to be enjoying a shredded chicken taco bowl is 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 part of my plan. Um, but they got, like, fancy stuff. Listen to this. Where are you going to get this? Truffle butter filet mignon. I mean, seriously? From, from, from a, a box? Pre-prepared, all I got two minutes, I'm eating filet mignon. That sounds delicious. Yeah, it sounds delicious. And you can give these a try. And it's not just these meals. We're talking pancakes, smoothies. They got some great wellness shots that are surprisingly delicious. And the meals you just eat and eat. There's no prepping, cooking, or cleanup. Get as much as you need by choosing your meals every week. You're going to get exactly what you want. No surprises here. Uh, and the meals, I can say, are delicious. So what do you got to lose? Head on over to factormeals.com slash sawbones50 and use code sawbones50 to get 50% off. That's code sawbones50 at factormeals.com slash sawbones50 to get 50% off. Sydney, you know how you're always saying that you'd like to build a Justin McQuarrie fan site full of all your favorite quotes, clips, videos, and hunky pictures of beloved podcaster Justin McElroy? I don't remember. Well, there's no need to wait any longer, Sydney, because Squarespace is going to make it easier than you could possibly believe to make a website uh, all about your favorite hunky podcasting superstar. I don't think I was going Squarespace, to— Squarespace, what is it? It's a tool—think of it as— the palette, the palette of a web design artist. But you don't have to be a web design artist. You could just take stuff off the palette that is created by real people that know what they're really doing and put it from the palette onto the easel. The metaphor is broken down. Basically, you're going to be able to create great-looking websites that have fantastic customer support and help you unlock your creativity and do whatever you want to with your small business 
or podcaster obsession. You can sell products. You can uh, post your videos. You can share your stories about how Justin has shaped your life and is also a fantastic father. Folks, you got to stop waiting to make your Justin McElroy fan site. Go to squarespace.com sawbones for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch your Justin McElroy fan site, use offer code sawbones to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. I'm Emily Fleming. And I'm Jordan Morris. We're real comedy writers. And real friends. And real cheapskates. We say, why subscribe to expensive streaming services when you can stream tons of insane movies online for free? Yeah, as long as you're fine with 25 randomly inserted, super loud car insurance commercials. On our podcast, Free With Ads, we review streaming movies from the darkest corner of the internet's bargain bin. From the good to the weird to the holy, look at Van Damme's big old butt. Free with ads, a free podcast about free movies that's worth the price of admission. Every Tuesday on MaximumFun.org or your favorite pod spot. Hello, everyone out there. Thank you for coming to our service. Yes. We are ready to heal heal you. you. We are Ross and Carrie. We are faith healers. Yes, Yes, you there. Yes, sir. You have a spirit of... Not listening to enough podcasts. We have the solution for that. Oh, we can cure you. You should listen to Oh No, Ross and Carrie. Hallelujah. Mm -hmm. It's on Maximum Fun. I couldn't have said it better myself. Yes, ma'am. Yes, you there. Gladys. Spirit of boredom? Oh my goodness, we have the solution for you. It is to listen to the podcast. Oh, oh no, no, Ross, Ross and, and Carrie. Okay, and we're back. Uh, thank you, Justin and Sydney. What an ad. Right, can I say, by the way, <laughs> any of our listeners, out, this has been very interesting to us, outside of the U.S., we started to get these emails when we had the billing department asking why did we have a billing department and what was the billing department? That was a very interesting thing as we started to do this show. Like, oh, because we bill we you here. Yeah, we had to pay here for in, it. Here in this country. <laughs> it's wild. Yeah. yeah. Here in this country, we bill you for that. And so we have a billing department. But it's very interesting to get emails uh-huh. like, why would a doctor have a billing department? Right. Like, yeah. What are you talking about? It would be like yeah. a firefighter showing uh, up and be like, I need 80 bucks. Or yeah. I'm not yeah. Even yeah. They're like, well, why do you have this? <laughs> Uh, yeah. All right, so we we're in residency. Yes, so so we I'm in residency. I've I've lost both my testicles. We have two children. Uh, I have some sperm in the bank. A very expensive process, by the way. It's mm. it's it's a uh, I'm it's sure a whole thing. But um, and then I graduated residency, got uh, my first job, which I, this is a job I'm still at now in uh, Portland, Oregon, in private practice ophthalmology. Love and life, it's great. Finally done with residency, get to start paying back all my student loans. Uh, Kristen is, um, uh, you were still working remotely. Yeah, I kept the job that I had in the Iowa. The same job but you were just in. Just pivoted to yep. remote work instead. Uh, and then at this point, I was starting to to do the Glock and Fleck and things. So I, that started as a second. I was a second year resident in uh, at Iowa, and it was it was more just I couldn't do stand up anymore. I didn't have time to like go and do like open mics and comedy sets and things so i used uh twitter at the time that was really the only thing i was on as kind of a surrogate for stand-up so I was just telling my jokes on twitter uh, generating a a following moved to portland and then uh shortly after not shortly after i guess a couple years later well, things were wait, going hold great on, hold on. twitter is where the name came from because he was still anonymous at that point oh, because right. he was in residency and he didn't want to uh, like, afraid of jeopardize of- anything <laughs> I was afraid oh, of ruining yeah. my medical career, as as many as many trainees are whenever they're putting themselves out there on social media, because there 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 weren't a lot of people that were trying to do kind of what I was doing with mm-hmm. combining being a physician and and legit like comedy, uh, and so th- you know there's there was I did get I would get a lot of pushback, you know, a lot of people who were just like, oh, doctors, they, you can't. You can't be saying stuff like this. You can't be telling jokes. You can't. That's not professional. I got a lot yeah. of unprofessional um, accusations. Uh, From there, the same the demographic beginning. of person, for the most part. And I'll just <laughs> leave you to your imagination of what demographic that was. You know, it's just the the old guard. It was, you know, because mm-hmm. that, that's that's how that's how physicians. You people are growing up revering physicians, and they're this, you know, uh, you know, 
professional like a deity almost. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Put him up on a pedestal and and so to see someone like, you know, making fun of themselves and and other specialties, you know, it just Yeah, it, people accuse you of like you're going to erode the trust uh, yeah. in doctors, you know. Listen, there's a lot of doctors yeah. on TV that are already doing a killer <laughs> right? job of that and right? do not yeah. Will's help whatsoever. Exactly. <laughs> Dr. Oz existed already. I mean, exists on the planet. Yeah. By the time <laughs> I was doing my thing. And but but it was it was a lot of fun and and I remember by the time I left uh, Iowa, I had like almost ten thousand followers on Twitter. I was I was I was very proud of myself. I was Hot like, stuff. wow, look at this, <laughs> look what I look what I've look what I've built this <laughs> empire I've built with my ten. Oh, no, no other social media platform is just Twitter. Yeah, mm-hmm. and um, and so I, me and my my family and my ten thousand Twitter followers, we went out to Portland, Oregon. And uh, yeah, I kept doing the, pretty much the same stuff, uh, social media wise, and life was good. And then the pandemic hit, mm-hmm. you know, and that came with all kinds of challenges. We closed down the our offices, and uh, mm-hmm. that's when I started. I all of a sudden I had all this time on my hands because as and no wa- testicles to be feeling. So uh, right, like, what else <laughs> exactly. Freeze up 10, 20 yeah. minutes every day. Right. That's a lot yeah. extra time what what am I going to do with my? T- well, you know, as other physicians were being like redeployed to the hospital to help during the pandemic, as an ophthalmologist, I was not asked to do that, which probably surprises <laughs> Shocking, nobody. Right? Yeah, and so I started making TikToks. I started making, mm-hmm. you know, that was like really early. That was when TikTok. I don't know if you guys remember or were or were on TikTok at the time, but. It was. It just blew up. Yeah, everybody's at home lockdown. and has nothing to do. Everybody so. got on. Yeah. yeah, I remember Sydney a lot of times during during the lockdown, like hurriedly coming in to show me one of your TikToks mm-hmm. and showing it to me, and like, uh, it, so it was wild, like to to see you all be a pop up. Well, yeah. I I, I also like, really appreciated the um, overworked, underappreciated family doctor. Right. Yes. Very controversial yes. character. <laughs> yeah. it, it, that was that was that's the character that got me into the most trouble with people really actually yeah Why? yeah you'd be surprised i had i had a lot of at when it when i first started making videos with that character so this character in case people don't know it's it's this it's a family medicine physician who is disheveled appearing glasses askew overworked underappreciated that's the point of the character it's like mm-hmm. look how hard this person's working and is not getting the appreciation they deserve well, I, I actually got, every time I'd put out a video with this character, I would get a couple emails from people, uh, uh, from family physicians, saying that I was pushing med students away from family medicine. Like, I'm worsening the 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 primary care crisis. <laughs> oh, no. I mean, I can, I can understand why someone would, like, knee-jerk that, but the thing is, it's the it's the profession itself that is pushing right. students away and lying about it. Right. <laughs> yes. Lying about it doesn't help Make it better anyone. If you don't want to and I, people, yeah. I mean, I try to always, because I work in academic medicine, and so I try to always be very honest with students. This is what you're getting into. And, and try to help them see, like, I still am glad I made the choices I made. Um, there, you can find a niche sometimes, so it's not everything all the time. I don't know. I mean, I, I didn't take it that way at all. For me, it's, it's celebrating that we do all this stuff, I do feel like we get undervalued a lot of the time and for most, it. And most people, most people felt that way. Like, yeah. that, this was just a few, it was just surprising. I, I didn't get that kind of pushback from any of my other portrayals of all, all the other specialties. Something about, and I, what I think it was, is just like family medicine, physi- primary care in general, just gets stepped on mm-hmm. a lot in a lot of different ways. So I feel like just there's a little bit more sensitivity Around mm-hmm. you know people poking fun at at primary care just in general, and so um, and so I think there was just some sensitivity there that I tapped into, but but yeah, it, it's like I wasn't saying anything that no people didn't already know. Mm-hmm. Right? It, it, was, it wasn't. I was just highlighting it. it and was, if anything, right. I felt like you were sympath are sympathetic to oh yeah, family well that was that was the challenges. Point. Yeah, that's the whole yeah. character. So. That I felt like that definitely came through. And when you partnered that with your depictions of rural docs, because the the entire state of West Virginia is considered rural by definition. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I work with lots of rural docs. And so as a with all my rural family docs, we love what you know, what yeah. you do and our and your depiction of what we do out there kind of with limited resources and mm-hmm. you know, 
Yeah, those are those are very popular. People like the rural medicine. I <laughs> where, love those. Where were yeah. we at? What year? I guess we're in 2020, yes. right? Okay, yeah, 2020. Okay. This is 2020. Okay, 2020. I'm, it's like March, I think, you get on TikTok. March, yep. April, we get our first mortgage. Yeah, we We're in like our mid-30s at this point, yeah. and we finally are able to buy a house. Yeah, very fortunate. And then... Um, and then May... Is May, I... Wait, we went to... It was like right after Mother's Day... Mm-hmm. Uh, I uh, we you're gonna to, you're thinking he's gonna be getting me some really nice gift. No, yeah. Um, I woke up and I found a lump in my third testicle. There was the twist. Plot no twist. one saw coming. Plot twist. Uh, no, I we went to bed and on Mother's Day. On Mother's Day, and at about four o'clock in the morning, I started like gasping for breath in my sleep. Kristen, it woke Kristen up. Well, you should tell the story. Yeah, I was going to say, why are you telling <laughs> Yeah, you, you were, were there. like barely there. Okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no. Uh, he, right, he started making these really weird sounds. And I, I was 4.45, so I was like being awoken from a very deep sleep, right. right? And so I was a little groggy and confused. First, I thought he was just snoring. So I kind of am like, you know, just quit it. Um, trying to push him over to, to get him to stop snoring, but he doesn't respond at all, um, which was a little unusual. So then I started like kind of like Slapping trying a little harder, face. like slap his face mm-hmm. a little bit, not slap, but just kind of, you know, and he didn't respond to that. And so then I started getting really concerned uh, because the sounds also were like picking up in, they they sounded like, I don't know, they just had this like urgent, panicked, desperate quality to them. Um, and so I called 911 and this is May of 2020 and he's making these like respiratory sounds. And so obviously I'm thinking this is COVID related. Sure. Uh, we didn't, we hardly knew anything about it at that time. Right. So, um, but I called 911 and I remember as it was ringing, I, I don't, I don't know why I did this TV maybe. I don't know, but I just, I put my head on his chest and it like registered that that his chest is not moving and mm. I don't hear anything. Okay. But it didn't like sink in. It was just like a fact. Like I was going through some sort of like mental checklist from who knows where. Uh, but I called 911 and uh, she's the one, the dispatcher is the one that told me to start doing CPR. Like I had no, I wasn't thinking anything about his heart despite just having listened to it and, and not mm. heard anything. Um so that was, it was just so bizarre. So I did 10 minutes of CPR. Um, I couldn't move him off the bed. He's six four, and I'm like five three if I have my shoes on. And besides that, I have like, I have symptomatic hypermobility and I had just had a cervical disc replacement a f- couple months before and I was kind of still recovering from that oh neck surgery. Gosh. Uh, and so I couldn't move him and have any confidence in my ability. I, like, I was worried about whacking his head on the nightstand and making everything even worse, right? So I just did it on the bed. Um, this was poor timing on my part. Yeah, it was really Yeah, rude. very rude. I was going to say, <laughs> yeah. at least Not it was great. technically after Mother's Day because it was 4 a.m. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was right, 10 right. minutes. She had 10 yeah. minutes of, of continuous chest compressions. Wow. Yeah. Which for those of you who are not in medicine, it's that's an extremely long time to be doing nonstop chest compression. Yes. Yeah. Well, like mm-hmm. I said, we just had a mortgage and we had two little kids in the next yeah, year. Like, you are not leaving me here. Yeah, You're not today. Yeah. No, no, yeah. no. <laughs> and Over I guess, my dead body, not yours. <laughs> so. and, and Kristen, please feel free to ignore this question if it's, if it's too tough to talk about, but how often do you bring this up in arguments? Because for me, it would be <laughs> 100% of the time. Like it's 100%. It's just a standing Okay, like a blanket yeah. understanding. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I, just the look I give him. Like I, I don't. You don't win arguments anymore. <laughs> if when your spouse saves your life, so yeah, that that right done. has passed. You can maybe get out with your dignity. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, talk to me about a podcast. How did that? How did you all like hit upon that? Where did that start? Well, I mean, uh, that that started about a year and a half ago. You know, we 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 talked for a while. It's like we have such a so many interesting things that we've experienced in life. Like we we should do something. We already had the I had this this social media following already. It's like we could do something together. So we talked about doing a podcast, but like many things in life, it sounded like a lot of work, and <laughs> um, and so it was very easy to just like not do it. 
Sure. Um, but then, you know, we were approached by this uh, this group of... Uh, that it was is a this, podcast th- network. It was a podcast... Well, they were building a podcast yeah. network called Human mm. Content. That's the the producers that we're with now. And they they had they have been in the podcasting game, the media game for quite a while, and they were starting their own thing now. So it was a group of three people, and they reached out. They'd seen my content. It was like, hey, you know, we're starting this podcast network. Do you want to, you know, do you want to talk through some ideas? And so just right right timing uh, with where we were, where they were, and uh, we ran with it. And it's you know we called it knock knock high with the Glockenfleckens because. The the videos that really catapulted my social media presence were these first day of rotation videos with med students where mm-hmm. every single video I'd go in and be like, knock, knock, hi, I'm the new med student. So that was the yeah. origin gotcha. of, of yeah. the uh, of the title. And it it's it's been it's been a lot of fun. It, we've learned a lot, like uh, you know, doing a podcast together and just doing something that's more long form, uh, mm-hmm. you know, having fun. We we haven't talked about divorce yet yeah well honestly so it's working pretty well in terms of you know yeah well he actually doesn't like to talk which is funny because now he's a podcaster uh but this is the way that i get him to talk to me it's like you have to do it now because we're recording and people are, are depending on you to do this so yeah, I'm, I'm a little introverted yeah. by nature so it's, it's you know so i really just trapped him into talking <laughs> to me but I, I feel like we could learn a thing or two from you guys i mean you've been doing how long yeah. have you guys been podcasting the 11 11 years this june yeah, yeah that's so like Early and you, on you seem like reasonably happy with each we other. We used to do it. Well, we used to when we started. We were doing a TV podcast called The Satellite Dish. Well, oh. before that, it was a two and a half men review show hosted by people that hadn't watched until Charlie Sheen left the show. So we started with Ashton Kutcher. It was called Losing the Sheen. We made it that, eight yeah. episodes before we were like I don't want to watch two and a half men anymore, sweetie. So we did it. <laughs> We did a TV <laughs> podcast for a year after that called Satellite Dish, and then, then we got into the medicine. And uh, maybe that was, uh, I guess it was residency is what made that, because I would have been in residency at the time that we were doing that. Yeah. And that was, one, we just didn't have, I didn't have time to watch TV. And yeah. two, kind of what you alluded to earlier, I was trying to be careful about what, like, the me that we were putting out into the world while I was simultaneously going through my training um, and so Sawbones was like the perfect solution for that. Like, we'll do this show that's very like it's buttoned up in that way. We're talking about medical right. history. Right. We're making jokes, but it's fine. It's professional. Mm-hmm. Have you all <laughs> right. gotten to the point yet in in working together on something like this where you and I'm cheating a little bit? I know because I heard you talking about it on a recent episode where you realize that as the two co-hosts and also the two co-parents, you have no. There's no backup plan for any of it. Like mm-hmm. you were talking on the show about getting a note slipped under the door, which was cracking me up because we like literally the day before with the snow day, similar like scenario, we told our kids like, if you just go to the play, just go play for a half hour. If you could just play for one half hour, we will literally give you anything you want. Right. Like we'll do anything. Just yes. one half hour. We'll even cave on screen time. I'll like hand them an iPad. Yeah. yeah. Just oh. watch the YouTube videos that I wish you weren't watching because I, I don't think they have educational value. Just watch them. Go yeah. for it. Oh, right. Watch the unboxing. Yeah. How do you balance? <laughs> how do you balance everything? There's a lot of bartering. Yeah. yeah. There's uh, so I definitely relate to that. For um, sure. it, it, it's it's gotten easier as as they've gotten older. Now. Well, and I think it helps. You have like, younger kids than we do. Yeah. Um, and so, I mean, if if they were like, if we were trying to do this when they were like five, pause because we did. I well, not podcasting, but I have been working remotely since of 2017 course, yeah. Uh, yeah. from my home mm-hmm. yeah. and we did virtual kindergarten in that time period we did and that was when like i had someone else as a boss right so yeah. i had to you know so i think that helps a little bit as they they're just so used to it i mean the young one that's all she really knows she she yeah. was two when i started working remotely so we've had to set a lot of ground rules for like mm-hmm. what it means when this door is closed and what's what you can do, what you can't do, where you go if you need help and we're not available, you know, whatever. And by help, I mean, like, <laughs> they they want a password or something. Unless they bone is around. showing, yeah. you don't you don't interrupt us. Yeah. That's, no, I don't know. Right, no, but, 
But yeah, that I think that helped. We had some ground rules set to begin with, and then yeah, now they're older and they understand what a podcast is, and you know, can sometimes they'll still like the bust in though, and and like you know, we have to redo something. Right, but it happens. Our yeah. our problem is our kids really want to be on them now, especially our oldest. Yeah. She she wants to be on the. She yeah. wants to do her own show. She wants to be on the show. She has great ideas. She'll bring me ideas for Sawbones. Like we don't need well, daddy for this one. Well, it's the family business for you all. <laughs> sure, yeah. Yeah. Right. yeah. They might as well learn the trade, right? <laughs> right. Put them to work. You know, get starting an IRA. There you go. Right. And there we go. Mm-hmm. Well, I want to ask you. Uh, the you've been in the the TikTok uh, games. You were kind of alluding to pretty pretty early. Like I'd say, mm-hmm. an early adopter. Somebody who bubbled up pretty early. It is a platform that is from from my perspective, and we've only really made a push, trying to like make more of a push into it in the past year or so. It seems like the platform is almost like, uh, uh like the the most. Uh, what do I want to try to say? It seems like the most notable thing about TikTok is how inscrutable the algorithm is and how quickly it evolves. Like, yeah. to what extent are you, as a content creator, trying to, like, anticipate that and stay ahead of it? Or is it just more Game about, like, making algorithm. what feels... Yeah. I don't. I, In fact, it's probably to a fault. Like, I am, I'm, I don't think about the algorithm at all. Mm-hmm. I, I literally... And that's the thing. Like, the, you, you'll see... Is this happens with, with all social media platforms now, but particularly with TikTok and YouTube... You'll see people make videos about like well, what's best for the algorithm. How do you and and Mr. Beast, who's like the biggest you know content oh, creator yeah. in the world, we, we, we know Mr. Familiar. Beast in this house. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah you, right. Like <laughs> Jimmy, he, Jimmy, to, uh, Jimmy, to, <laughs> yes, that's right. to his friends that have been forced to watch all of his videos a hundred times. <laughs> Jimmy, like like he's he has gone into detail about like how he like like uh, obsessively has tried to to tinker with his content, his thumbnails, whatever it is to appeal to the algorithm and mm. you can see the effect it has right so you yeah. can do it. it it obviously it works but um i i don't have the i don't have the bandwidth to like like i could barely just make content and i have time sure. to do that I feel like i have time to do that because i you know i still work four days a week you know as mm-hmm. an ophthalmologist so i still have that career which as an ophthalmologist is in fact full-time that's, that's full-time as an ophthalmologist <laughs> absolutely um and so no no I I really don't think about the algorithm much um, at all. I just I make what I think is is fun content to make. Yeah. And it's I, always it, just been his hobby and it just sort of accidentally became big and then we we're like, well, I guess we have to do something with this behemoth that we now have. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so then we like turned it into a business and I'm running the business side of things and the marketing and so I'm always like, "Hey, what if you did whatever? Like this is oh, trending yeah. or what?" And he's like, "Like no. maybe you actually should have a YouTube thumbnail instead of just yeah. some <laughs> random screenshot <laughs> from <down> your <laughs> video, which is exactly what I do, what I have been doing." And uh, but it's yeah, it, it, it's it's been a. I didn't get into this. Be like, oh, I'm going to make this a career. Right. It was. Mm-hmm. It really mm-hmm. was my creative. It was a surrogate for doing stand up because I've loved doing. I love making people laugh. And and once I started making the videos, like, oh, this is a whole creative outlet for, that I could really run with. Not a lot of people are doing this in in medicine. Um, and and so I I did. I feel like I came along at the right time for mm-hmm. video content. Yeah, a lot of it was just dumb luck. You know, I mean, which timing. is like a lot of the opportunity and, uh, you know, so it's... Well, I think it's yeah. it's interesting. Yeah. I, my job wouldn't have existed when I was... Like, I didn't want to do what I do when I was a kid because it didn't exist, right? Right. And I feel like this is... It has allowed people to make a... I'm able to make a living making a much more specific type of humor that, and more specific type of content mm-hmm. than I ever could have, you know, 15, 20 years ago, right? Like, right. I don't have to be you know, uh, the Smothers Brothers, like, doing something that appeals to, like, a huge, wide range of people. I can make something pretty specific yeah. that I know is going to hit with a certain number of people uh, that I think is only allowed, like, only the internet has allowed us to to do that. Yeah, for sure. And it's, it's It helps, I don't know, it's helped me from getting burned out sure. doing all this stuff to, to be able to continue just doing the things that I find interesting, you know, mm-hmm. and I, not doing it because... Like I, when I make a skit or something, I'm not thinking, oh, the people are going to love this. It's something like, I, oh, I think this is funny. Mm-hmm. I'm going to make this and I hope people like it, but, uh, but it's, it's really like an outlet for me and, and people just happen to really enjoy it. And so it's, um, and I think that's the key is like, and what I tell people, 
you know, when people ask me, like, how do you get started doing this new social media stuff? We're like, I don't know. Like, well, you, <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of that. <laughs> there's yeah. a lot of, I don't know. I don't know how it happened, but there is a lot of like, it, you, you gotta, you gotta do it for yourself first and mm-hmm. foremost, because then it's just going to be like a chore, you know? Uh, yeah, that's a hundred percent true. That's, I mean, when we finally settled on the show that we've been doing for a long time now, it was because I was really interested in, we didn't learn any medical history in my med school. We knew like nothing, like occasionally get a little anecdote, nothing. So it was something I wanted to know about. It was some, we love just, I don't know. I love telling Justin about stuff I learned and him making jokes about it. Like that was just, it was natural. It was this sort of offshoot of what we were already doing. So I, I really think right. that's the key. And then you'll, you'll kind of select for people who are like, oh, I also love that. And then you can kind of build that relationship with that audience over time. But, but I would love to know for, from from you, Kristen. You've been you, you all been hosting the show now for for every year, uh, and you talk to a lot of people in the medical profession and adjacent to the medical profession. Are, are there conversations that you feel like you wish people were having more surrounding medicine, or or things you wish people knew more people knew that that they should be uh, that you wish more people were talking about? It sounds to me like you're asking me what my soapboxes are, and let me tell you, I have so many. Okay, so. great. <laughs> Please. Uh, so, okay. We have this, and I, I guess, have a, a odd perspective having been adjacent to medicine this entire time, right? Like, we met in college mm-hmm. before he was even in med school, and then I was along for the entire ride. So I had this kind of, like, insider-outsider perspective of, you know, what goes on in medical training, what goes on, you know, in medical education, what goes on as a practicing physician. Um, And then on top of that, we have the patient side. He's been a patient of some serious things. I am a patient of some serious things. And then, you know, I have this uh, piece that I call it a co, I feel like a um, Mm co-survivor of his cancer and his cardiac arrest. Uh, because, you know, those things, and, and same with med school, anybody who's who's been partnered with somebody in med school or even as a practicing physician, you know, all of that stuff happens to you mm-hmm. too, you know, uh, and that is not really talked about. So that's really my main, like, goal in using any kind of platform that we have is, for me, is just pointing that out, that those those people are there and they have you know, needs to, and they are affected by the medical system in many ways, you know, just as intensely as the med student, the resident, the patient, the, you know, mm-hmm. uh, you know, the specifics are different, but, but it happens to them too. So that, that's mm-hmm. one thing. Another thing that I really just have always harped on is just, you know, before you are a doctor, right, you are a human, And I saw that goes all the way back to watching him go through med school because I saw that they are learning how to take care of human bodies and they are not allowed to take care of their human bodies. You know, like Mm. you don't go to the bathroom all day. You probably have to skip lunch. You're not drinking any water because you can't take a break to go to the bathroom any day, uh, all day. And, you know, they're, they're not getting enough sleep and there's all this stress and there's, you know, just all the expectations of the medical training system on them. And so I always had to remind him like, hey, it's okay if you have a human need, because guess what? You're a human, you know, like Mm -hmm. the system you're in is going to tell you that's not okay, but let me remind you that it is. And so I do that too. I wish people would talk more about that. And that's a, that's a big part of what we try to do together too, is just highlight the humanity in medicine, whether that's, you know, on his side, it's, it's kind of the humanity among physicians and nurses and other kinds of clinicians. And for me, it's for, you know, the patient and family side of things. But, um, it's one of the best things about ophthalmology. I get unlimited bathroom breaks. That's true. (sighs) Like I, I can, as whatever I want, I can go to the bathroom. Yeah. And so, I'm go. very jealous of that. I, yeah. I don't have that. <laughs> yeah. Before we let you go, uh, Will, I just want to tell you, uh, I'm 43 years old. Everybody in my family has glasses, and I don't. So I guess I'm wondering, like, how cool am I? I guess would be the question, or like, you're, you're very it's like cool. an amazing medical. Uh, you're a medical marvel, my friend. Marvel. <laughs> That's a good you're yeah, a marvel. miracle. Um, marvel. Have you considered that your father is not your father? I'm just uh, going to throw oh, that wow. out there. Oh, oh. No, he's on podcast. <laughs> Anybody who's listened to the podcast that he is on with us is has zero doubt that he is, in fact, my dad to a fault. Yeah. I think if that's something. Yeah, if the looks don't give it away, the sense of humor. <laughs> yeah. I am right also away. a non-glasses wearer. <laughs> yeah, though. he likes to rub that in a lot. Mm-hmm. Oh. 
which is unusual. He has never had an eye exam in his entire life. <laughs> that is true. It's, He's going to tell you it's not true. Out, it right? is like, true. What are you doing? In, what are you doing? In well, are you are you sure you don't need glasses? <laughs> right? You're just confident. I'm saying. I see just fine. I don't need glasses. I just much. love to stand close because, to words. Because when I, I'm just going to say, when I got my glasses in sixth grade, I remember the first day I went back to school and went, oh. You all could see the board. I wonder yeah. why they put stuff up there. I couldn't see it, and I assume nobody could see it. And mm-hmm. I just thought, well, it's so weird. Teachers write stuff up there. Nobody yeah. can see that. Leaves on the trees. When I got my, I was like, wow. wow. Yeah. The There's like individual mm-hmm. leaves up there, not just a big green clump. My personal statement for ophthalmology is like, I have perfect eyes, and I want other people to have that joy. That <laughs> Uh, so we've already <laughs> talked about the podcast. We are going to be appearing on an episode of the podcast so people can yes. check that out. Where can people find more of your work? So you can find, uh, we're on pretty much all the social media platforms. Uh, you can just search for it, Glock and Fleck. And it, it's spelled just, it just like type it sounds. That in. It's easy. Just, just Glock and Fleck. <laughs> So everything can be found on our website, glockandflecken.com. Uh, we have a newsletter, which is we just launched that not too long ago. It's very exciting because it it brings in all the stuff we're working on. So all the skits that I've posted recently, the podcast, uh, we go into some deep dives on some medical-related topics as well. Uh, so if, if for people that want more email, uh, you can sign up for a newsletter. I just felt like he was putting his face too many places. I was like, we got to just <laughs> make yeah. it a one-stop shop exactly. for people if they want right. to see yeah. your stuff. Exactly. And then our podcast, and Knock Knock High uh, with the Glock and Fleckens. And we're, we uh, we have interviews with people. That's that's what we do once a week. And then I also do these uh, Knock Knock Eye episodes where uh, it's just me. And I go into, I pick a topic, some random eye-related topic. And uh, just nerd out for about 30 or 45 minutes. So I've been very cool. surprised at how many questions people have about eyeballs and how many people are willing and want oh, yeah. to listen to eyeball stuff. Yeah. I got to I gotta admit, like, I, I thought that was going to be a flop. Like, yeah, I, I heard, I heard about- on, on one episode, <laughs> Will, you saying, like, you, you were incredulous that people listened to the show during their work commute. Like, yeah. I've, I, and this, and it's honestly, man, a first, I've listened to a lot of podcasts in my life. It's the first time I've ever heard a host say, what are you doing here? <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> what, what, this is it. What are you? I have to make this. You don't have to listen to it. What's, <laughs> what are you doing with your life? <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, Chris, yeah. thank you so much for joining us. Uh, make sure you check out uh, all the, the Glock and Fleckens work because it is, if you like this show, mm-hmm. I mean, you're pretty much so, so, as close as we can get to perfectly selected to enjoy everything they make. So make sure you absolutely check it out. Uh, that is going to do it for us for this episode. Will and Chris, anything you all want to plug before we head out? Um, you just did some live shows, is that right? Or you're going to do? Yes. Yeah, both. we we did a little test run of live shows in in Southern California, and uh, basically it's it's called Wife and Death, uh, and and um, it's a comedic uh, it's slash like a tragic serious, comic tragic comedy multimedia stage show. That's right, Ooh. and um, and so we're planning. It went really well. Had a great Excellent. response from people. We're gonna planning on going around the country at some point. Uh, it's kind of in the works. So yeah, come on yeah, out to we're, West Virginia. We're working be, on uh, 2024 20, dates <laughs> right now, so those will be up on our website once we have exactly. them. Exactly. And right. just thank you so much for having us. You guys. Yeah, yeah. Thanks yeah. for being thank here. Thanks to you for listening. Thanks to the taxpayers for use of their song "Medicines" as the intro and outro of our program. And thank you again to you for listening. We sure appreciate it. Uh, if you want to pass along the show to somebody else, sawbonesshow.com is the is the URL. If you want to send us an email, at sawbones at maximumfund.org. That is going to do it for us uh, for this week. Until next time, my name is Justin McElroy. I'm Sydney McElroy. And as always, don't drill a hole in your head. Fun. A worker-owned network of artist-owned shows supported directly by you.